Welcome, playoff bound Pewter Report readers and listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by our friends over at Celsius. I am John Ledyard. This is Scott Reynolds, and the Bucks are going to the playoffs. Scott, we thought we'd say it this year, but it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet that we actually get to say it, and it actually is going to be meaningful now. Yeah, no doubt about it, John. When you look at, at Tampa Bay, it's been a long time, over a decade since the Buccaneers have been in the playoffs, and uh, uh, it's it's amazing. I mean, I started covering this team in 1995, and I was kind of spoiled because in 1997, all of a sudden, the Buccaneers are in the playoffs in just the second year under Tony Dungy, and, uh, and they went on a, a playoff run that continued on for John Gruden's uh, tenure. Uh, three times they were NFC South champions, including winning a Super Bowl in 2002. And then all of a sudden, Gruden got fired after 2007. And uh, boom, it's just been uh, a playoff-less time in Tampa Bay. But interestingly enough, John, not just the Buccaneers making the playoffs this year. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The Rays went to the World Series. So this is the first time in Tampa Bay history, Buccaneer fans out there, that, that all three of the Tampa Bay teams have made the postseason at the same time. So John, right now the Buccaneers are 10 and 5. The Rams will play the Seahawks tomorrow. Right. And that's a huge game for playoff implications. We just saw the Cardinals lose to the 49ers. Huge loss for them because that puts them on the brink now of being eliminated if Chicago wins out. Chicago controls I know Chicago. <laughs> we thought they were long gone. They control their own destiny uh here to to maybe win and get into the playoffs um and so Big collapse, big collapse by the by the Cardinals down the stretch here. But I think one of the biggest things uh, for the Bucks is just you win Week 17. It doesn't matter what happens with anybody else. Yeah. You're the five seed. You have the most favorable matchup in the first round. Again, it's it's playoffs, so favorable only means so much, but it's the yeah. most favorable one, and so you go for it and you go to win. And But I think that's probably the biggest takeaway in terms of the Bucks' playoff positioning. No doubt about it. We got Mark Cook on this podcast as well. Hello, Mark. We're going to get your thoughts on the Bucks making the playoffs. It's been a long time coming for Pewter Nation out there. But at first, John, we've got to, to let everybody know about our good friends at Celsius. So let's go. This Peter Report podcast, like every single one of them, is energized by Celsius. Now, John, you know what, what day it is. It's, it's the day that the Bucks made the playoffs. And it's also what I'm going to call Celebration Orange. I'm Ooh. actually changing the name of this Celsius from Orange to just Celebration Orange. Because we have the that's same what thought. it feels like. Yes. We have the same thought because I picked my favorite uh, for this podcast, but... It is an orange, Scott. I, I got? the last second I went with a big upset. Okay, brought in peach vibe. Ooh, there it. you go. All peach right, peach vibe is so good. Sparkling white peach, limited edition, right here. Yep. So I don't know if you're going to be able to get your hands on one of these, but if you do, you're going to enjoy it. You can still get that on Amazon. And let me let me tell you, just just in case you didn't know, Pewter Nation, Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And uh, the thing that I like about orange and so many of these tremendous flavors no sugar no preservatives so this is a healthy energy drink for you it got it's packed with with b vitamins uh, accelerate your metabolism which is the unique thing about celsius is this can help you burn fat 
and lose weight while you're drinking it. Um, and listen, we talked about the, the peach vibe. If you haven't found it in your, your local stores uh, around there, and, you, and if you're not sure where Celsius is sold, you can go to Celsius.com, check out yeah. the store locator, click on that, and that's going to bring up uh, your location and, and all of the different uh, convenience stores and supermarkets and, and nutrition places where you can buy Celsius. And you can also click on those Celsius banners on pewterreport.com. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can also find Celsius and you can buy them in cases. You can mm -hmm. get Peach Vibe, which is limited edition. So if you like it, buy it in bulk there. If you like the orange, buy that in bulk. If you're not sure which Celsius drink that you want to experience, if you haven't tried all the flavors, we'll get the variety back. And that way you can taste them all and find out which one you like best. So we thank our friends at Celsius for energizing this Pewter Report podcast. Mark Cook, you got to be energized because uh, this game was not your typical Buccaneer game, Mark. This was this was never in doubt, really, from the minute the Bucks stepped off the plane in Detroit, probably. Well, I you know I had a little bit of doubt on. Is my mic on? Yeah, it's on. I had, I had a little bit of doubt on that first drive when they appeared to went go three and out, and I said, "Oh boy, Brady's in uh, mid first quarter form here." But uh, man, the penalty was huge, and uh, and and they got rolling. The throw to Gronkowski was a thing of beauty. Uh, Tom's deep balls were on. He missed a couple deep shots, one to Evans, um, maybe two to Evans, and I think there was another one to 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 maybe uh, Godwin. But other than that, man, he was just outstanding in this game. And you know, we all talked about it before the game started that the Buccaneers didn't want to come out of this game, you know, winning forty-two to forty or forty-two to thirty-eight. They were a better football team going against a team that has nothing to play for whose coach has already been fired, whose interim coach is not even there, missing six other assistants, and was a 5-9 and nine football team. They've got to blow out the Lions, and they absolutely did that because we didn't know what the narrative was going to be if they you know, were to squeak one out. Now, if they lost, that was easy. Yeah. You know, We could just hammer them. But um, they're getting hot at the right time, guys, and that's huge. And, and mm -hmm. I, I'm a little nervous about sitting anybody out next week. I really am. I, I, I've seen it go both ways where teams have sat players out the last couple of weeks of the season and then, you know, kind of lost a little bit of rhythm when they got into the playoffs. And then you've also seen teams that sat guys in week 17 and, and went on to win the Super Bowl. So Bruce knows the squad a little bit better than most. But I asked Mike Evans specifically about that, how healthy was this group? And he thinks the receiver group right now is as healthy as it's been all season, which is kind of unusual for the end of the season, especially compared to last year with both Godwins and Evan. Evans were on uh, IR when this game was played. Right. I saw somebody comment that I think the Bucks are locked in at least the six seed. And I think that that's correct with the Cardinals losing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, at least the um, six seed. Yeah. Right. At least the six seed. But if they win next week, they're the fifth seed, no matter what happens with anybody else. So they control their destiny for the fifth seed in the first round playoff date against the NFC East winner. Terrence Davis coming up clutch. I know Terrence is happy. I know y'all are happy, man. I'm yes. pumped for y'all. Like, honestly, like one of the best things about coming to the Bucks beat in February has been how interactive the fans are, how much they res how much respect they show, and how much they ask questions, and they want to know more about the game. And so I just I've loved the fan base. And honestly, when you have that connection with the fan base, like we do at Pewter Report, and you do on yep. this show specifically, the game takes on totally different meaning. Mm -hmm. I'm just speaking for myself, at least as a, as a media person. It is not just a job in that pure sense of it to me. It probably never has been to me, um, and that's why I get really into it and passionate about it on, on Twitter and on here. But Man, I, I think it was just awesome for me as somebody coming in and has only been here for like 10 months um, to be able to see 
the joy for Bucks fans that are out there. You know, everybody's like, oh, they they have such a small fan base and everything like that. I don't care about that. First of all, it's big enough for us to support John, being able to do a podcast. That like fan base this. is growing. That's that right. Fan that fan base is growing. growing. And the All long you gotta suffering do is ones, man. This was a look at our stuff. look at our record traffic this year. I mean, we've already surpassed yeah. uh, 2019. What Scott back in October? I mean, early November. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the web traffic's through the roof. Of quick plug, if you'd like to advertise at PewReport.com, contact any of the three of us. We'd love to uh, show you how we can help your business grow. Um, but again, you can email Scott, John, or myself at any point. We'd love to be able to do that for you. And I, and I promise you, it's it's a lot more inexpensive than you think. Uh, certainly compared to traditional advertising on television and newspaper print for sure. So anyway, we can, we can get eyeballs to your site. Um, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, I mean, it, it's, it's true. And uh, that it just shows the passion of Bucks fans, you know, even look at this podcast. I mean, the, what the, you know, so anyway, I just think it's awesome that the fans are getting a chance to experience that and yeah. celebrate that. And it should be in. I also love that we had this conversation guys before the game, we said, I said to everybody, I was like, listen, we're going to have to find the right tone on this podcast after the game if if the Bucs lose or win this game, but it's like not convincingly because they need to destroy this team. They're down yeah. coaches, like you said, Scott. Right. They were down yeah. everybody. I mean, it was no, there was, you need to come out and dominate this team. And they did come out and dominate. It's exactly what you wanted to see. And so I hate everybody, you know, people, the national people, whatever, like, oh, Good that they can do this against the Bucks back, but you know, oh, they I can't believe they're celebrating. What are they supposed to do? Are players supposed <laughs> to be like upset on the field that they're winning, right. that they're crushing, that every play is successful? I mean, all you can do is win the one in front of you when you're on the field. And, and they did everything yeah. they're supposed to do. They dominated the opposition, made it easy for us to find the right jovial tune a tone on this podcast and just That's be right. able to celebrate a playoff. You know what, John? Let, let's get the bad news out of the way. Yes, Ryan Suckup <laughs> didn't have a great game. We appreciate job, Buckingham Scott. for pointing that out. I didn't jinx him. You know what happened? Um, he went to Detroit. That's what happened. And even Bruce Arians commented after the game, he said, Ryan Suckup hates kicking yeah. on this field. Guys, That's listen. so stupid. It's the perfect well, I went back turf. and looked at Suckup's no, no wind. No, it's no just, that's not true. Uh, listen. listen all right. Let me hear this. There's no such thing as, as well, it's just AstroTurf. There's different turfs at every field, right? There's different links. There's different manufacturers. It's it's not a one-size-fits-all for the for the turf. So I'm going to buy Bruce Arians' explanation that Ryan Suckup does like to kick at this field. I got no doubt in my mind Ryan Suckup is going to be perfect on Sunday against Atlanta. Perfect. Ryan, I tell you, perfect. R- Ryan Suckup was doing his wow. best Matt Gay week. 17 imitation when he missed three kicks uh, against the Falcons that uh, hurt the Buccaneers last year and uh, probably cost Janice Winston his job. Brian Sucka came into this game. I went back and looked at his stats from the last two times he was in Detroit. He's only played in Detroit twice, and he's only kicked one extra point there. He made the extra point, but he's two for four in field goals in Detroit. So maybe it is something with field goals in Detroit. Because remember, this is not a guy who's missed very often in his career. Maybe it is something about Detroit. I mean, it was funny that Arians mentioned that specifically right. after the game i don't know what it is i hope i would love to get we're not going to get him because he missed a couple kicks but i would love to get ryan suck up this week and ask I him i wish this is where i really wish we had open locker room i would love to find out more about that but yeah i mean this, that hopefully was an uncharacteristic performance but mark's kind of right too kickers it's head games man it could be yeah. just detroit's field but then also you go into the next game and it's in your head now i mean so it, you never know and that's yeah. why It'll be important for him to get out there and make a couple against Atlanta, to be honest. I agree. Super did, chats are rolling in. Is, is, yep. is it fair to say the 2018 draft was Light's best? I don't know. It's it's interesting. You look at the 2018 draft, and 
And, uh, you know, Vita Vea uh, was off to a Pro Bowl caliber start this year. Ronald Jones, 900 yards. I think the way that Arians was feeding Mike Evans today, that he's going to feed Rojo to make sure Rojo gets 100 yards on uh, Sunday against the Falcons. That would give him 1,000 for the year. Uh, MJ Stewart was a swing and a miss. We all know that. Carlton Davis has been a, a Pro Bowl caliber cover corner for the Bucks. Missed today. But thankfully, the, the Lions were a no threat of of really um, targeting uh, Sean Murphy Bunting and uh, uh, Jamel Dean. Yeah, the Lions didn't have much, much they to threaten with. They didn't have any firepower. <laughs> and and with, when uh, Matt Stafford went out, it was all she wrote. Alex Kappa, third-round pick, started at right guard, has played incredibly well this year, much improved player from a year ago. Jordan Whitehead almost came up with an interception today. He's, he's, not a, he's not You a can't drop that one, though. You can't drop that one. Scott, yeah, you like, make that catch. Oh my! Uh, I don't make that I catch. Scott's no, a linebacker. No, you make that catch. No, Scott. Scott, may, even with a crooked finger, you make that catch, Scott. I mean, that was uh, in the. How about JVP? How about JVP? He could have. That was a drop pick six. Three. That was a yeah. drop pick six right there. Yeah. I give him so, a little bit more slack because he. Because he only has Jordan seven fingers. White, I was going to say Jordan White has all of his digits on his hands, so say. he should have caught. That. I would say right now, top to bottom. I mean, yeah, the 2018 draft is 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 looking pretty good. You know, it's better than 2016s yeah. for sure. Yeah. We well, and you that. know what? Listen, the jury's still not out on, on twenty twenty, right? I mean, listen, twenty twenty has not been a great year for a lot of, of people out there with with the COVID nineteen pandemic. It's really been a, a damn good year for the Buccaneers. They're ten and five right now, uh, going to the playoffs. And this year's draft class: Tristan Wirfs, yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr., Keyshawn Vaughn had a career game today uh, with 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 uh, sixty two yards rushing, uh, double the production on the ground. Um, then Leonard Fournette did actually had double the, the number of carries, I believe 15 carries, 62 yards. Fournette had nine for 34 in a touchdown. Um, but you know, the jury's out on this 2020 draft. We'll, we'll judge it as the years roll on. Tyler Johnson had a 35 yard catch. Uh, Khalil Davis, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it turns out, but 2018 top to bottom, probably his best draft so far. And you know, a lot of those guys showed up today. I, I yeah, can't, absolutely. I can't get over how well Tristan Wirfs plays. I watched him a lot today. This guy, for a rookie to step in and do what he did without an offseason at all, is is probably one of the best offensive line rookie performances, certainly in Buccaneer history. I don't I think yeah. you could say Ali had a pretty good year, his rookie year, but mm -hmm. I mean, but he's he was he was a guard. And uh, we're talking about a tackle that goes up against some of the better pass rushers in the NFL week in and week out. And it's not like it was 10 years ago when the best guys were always on the That's right true. side. And yeah. uh, sometimes, you know, they flip-flop in the middle of the games. To, 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 to Honestly, the best guys are probably on the left side now, to be honest. I mean, look at the guys he went up against this season compared to Donovan. I mean... Well, you know he wants to switch to left because that's where the money is. It's double the money on the left <laughs> we'll side. We'll see. I bet that And Werfs could be the first guy to change it. It's, yeah, it's, getting, it's getting closer with uh, who was the yeah, Tennessee it's guy gonna, that got and, big money. No, the right tackles are getting guys. In four, the right in tackles four years. Yeah, in they're, four they're years. In the, they're in the $10 million range. The right tackle, I mean, the left tackles are still up there in the $14, 15000000 $60 million range. Christian Brez, yeah, let's the, go, the baby. Close. That. Thank Luke you. Luke Cannon, shout out. Check yeah. out Luke Cannon's. We we've got we've got some big time wow. uh, super chats coming up here, but let's wow. get this one. Blazers need some love, right? I mean, they own this team. Keeping Jason Light was not a slam dunk. He worked his magic, and Vince Aarons to come out of retirement. Not just that, got Tom Brady down here, made the trade for Rob Gronkowski a couple years ago. Made the, the trade for Jason Pierre-Paul, still leading this team in sacks with nine and a half. Devin White's coming up close with uh, with nine sacks this year. I think White is kind of 
gosh, if this guy can just improve his pass coverage ability, <laughs> this guy crazy. can be a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker in 2021. He's not there yet. But the, the numbers he's putting up from a pass rush perspective, John, Mark, I, I can't recall um, a an inside linebacker getting 9, 10, 11 sacks. I mean, oh, I can. Uh, no. Vince Williams, baby. Vince Williams with the Steelers. He had, he had uh, what was his best year? I mean, he's, he's had some crazy sacks. Recently? Though. He's very Where, similar, honestly. Recently, though? Yeah, Where it was did he like play his uh, college ball at. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, I did not get paid by Mark to bring up Vince Williams in the pod. When we started yeah. this pod, I had no plans to bring up Vince Williams. He had eight linebacker. Spots, so you he, never, he didn't blitz or yep. play as much as Devin White does. But in 2017, right. he had eight sacks. We got some more super chats to get who, uh, to get through here. Uh, Matthew Ferrant over there in London. Big shout out from London. That's, that's awesome. Appreciate that incredible performance. Felt like 2002 all over again. Evans, what a stud. Can't believe how well they played. LFG, baby. So that's what awesome. What does that stand Eric for? Ellison. Anybody know? Let's we'll tell you after the pod. Let's friggin' go is the PG-13 oh, version of that. Oh, okay. So Eric oh, with, uh, with the 999 Super Chat. Appreciate that. As soon as Mike Evans gets 41 yards next week, he's yes. out of the game. Playoffs, yes. baby. I think he needs 40, but sure. Well, let's, let's I don't know. Love Eric. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I I think um, keeping him out there. I want, I'm trying to get this uh, win next yep. week. I want that five seed, man. Gentlemen, twenty dollars super chat from Whoa. Ken Barrett. Hey guys, hey. just wanted to thank you for all the Bucks coverage and inspiring me to to do have my own voice and, and my own writing and podcasting. So happy we made the playoffs. Can't wait to see what happens. LFG, appreciate you, LFG, Ken. Man. Big time. Uh, you guys coming through with some with some season ending. Feel good playoff bound. Uh, super the biggest thing here. is just like we're putting the negative. Like the Bucks fans were so scared coming into this game. You know what I mean? Like it was the Lions had nothing, and I was like yeah. having fun with them on Twitter. I was like, oh, it's a you know it's a prime time game, national audience game. Like you know, you know, and they're freaking out. It was. But, but, was like, John, you know, know, you know why? You know why? Because in Scott and Sky can tell you this. We, you know, we were there in two thousand and eight when the Buccaneers were nine and three. And they proceeded to lose a ton of games, and they had the last game of the year against the Raiders, who were yeah, all lost four games. On the road Jamarcus in. Russell was the quarterback yeah. of, in that game, and they lost mm -hmm. that game with everything on the line at home in a packed Ray J. So, yeah. Buccaneer fans have been, you know, I've made the adage several times, right? The the dog, if you kick the dog every time you get home, eventually he just stays under the porch. Buccaneer fans are are that dog under the porch. They want to come out and, and and greet the team, but they've been kicked yeah. so many times since 2007. I kind of get, you know, why there's a little bit of yeah. not negativity, but certainly some apprehension and fear going into games like this. I saw somebody, I think it was Stank from Loose Cannons, who said, "Why does this feel like a trap game?" Uh, <laughs> I never felt like this was a trap game, especially when all the coaches right. are going to be out. But anyway, but man, I mean, there is that. Yeah, there's that. But at the same time, man, we have a Bucks team that has not played down to competition really this season. I know we'll talk about maybe the Giants game and even the Bears game because they were, you know, five. They're looking like a 500, maybe a nine and seven team. But really, I mean, when the Bucks have had to handle business for the most part of the season, everybody, you know, yeah. I mean, all the other good teams in the NFC have actually lost to a bad team, to be honest. Oh yeah, um, and so. Just look, look no further than the Jets beating the Rams last yeah, week, John. Right, and the Packers lost uh, to Minnesota, who's yeah. – what are they? they're not going to be 500. I don't think they're going to be 500 no. now. And, no, they've and, got uh, nine losses now. Saints lost to the Raiders. They might be 500. I can't remember right. who else Saints lost. The Saints lost to the Eagles. They're definitely not going to – they're by far losing right Cameron Spare, $5, playoff bound. LFG, I was nine the last time the Bucks made the postseason. Keep up the good work, guys. Go Bucks. Appreciate that. 
Yeah. Uh, Erickson says, got to get Mark a camera with these super chats. Yes, keep these no. super chats coming. We got one from, from Greg DeCruz, longtime Peter Report reader, listener, Greg's, viewer. Greg's on here every time. Great White North, yeah. Play out beards for everyone. I got mine Greg, going. I had faith two weeks ago, baby. Greg, I was going to say. I can't grow beards, so don't feel like I'm I'm just not. Greg's been, posting, Greg's been posting his pictures of his uh, Facebook beard uh on 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 facebook and uh he's a lot like you scott he's facially hair challenged he's trying yes. though i give the man all about for he just sure. super i can do a soul patch right there that's really about it and and know yeah, the you and kevin return so uh, do it do bring it the bring, bring the soul patch back oh you're like sugar but yeah Ray. guys this one was never in doubt i mean and the biggest reason right it was i mean brady was just absolutely dealing in this game and obviously the lions defense overmatched we get that but will blackman former NFL player, pointed out a great thing on Twitter. He said, you know, you can say what you want about the Lions defense, but that cannot take away from the fact that some of these throws are unbelievable throws. Like that, that yeah. it shouldn't matter necessarily who is there. If he's making tight window, high degree of difficulty throws, then applaud. You know, now the yeah. one drive, the third touchdown drive, Bucks literally, or the Lions literally just left the middle of the field wide open. And he just said yeah. Godwin yeah. and Fournette <laughs> twice. It was like, what are they right. even doing? But I mean, the touchdown throw to Gronk, I mean, that was completely covered. He throws him oh, open yeah. outside shoulder. Great catch, great throw. Touchdown to Evans. Great catch, <laughs> great throw again. Yo, later in the game, touchdown to Antonio Brown, back of the end zone. I mean, mm-hmm. rifles it into a tight window. You know, I mean, so he made some – I mean, the throw to Godwin down the middle of the field. You know, he made some high-degree difficulty throws in this game, oh, four time. for four on his first 20-plus yard air yard throws. Yep. You know, he continues to light it up with the deep ball. Again, you take out – the Saints and the Rams games, where I've said and I wrote and I talked about that week, yeah. y'all are going to look silly if you come if you come out saying that Tom Brady can't throw the deep ball anymore. Yeah. You're going to look silly because the problem wasn't his accuracy in these games nearly as much as it was communication issues right. and the fact that the Rams, in particular in that game, took away the deep ball. It was not open. He wasn't missing open receivers right. deep. Every quarterback misses open receivers deep during the course of a season because it's a high degree of difficulty throw. You take out those two games. Brady's literally like at the top of the league. I bet when Pro Football oh, yeah. Focus's numbers come out, he's at the top of the league in deep yard passes. And even with those games, he's going to be near the top of the league. And and Mark, you know, we're we're talking about Tom Brady here, right? Twenty-two of twenty-seven, three hundred and forty-eight yards, four touchdowns. Only played one half. One hundred and fifty-eight point three quarterback rating. Mark, you have you're what I call a seventy-sixer. You've been watching this Buccaneer team yeah. since nineteen seventy-six. Um, 588 yards of offense, the most ever by a Tampa Bay Buccaneer team. Bucks actually topped the 500-yard mark twice this year. They had 544 against the Panthers uh, a little over a month ago. But, Mark, 588 yards to 186 yards for the Lions. That's a 402-yard differential. Uh, can you can you think of any other blowout in Bucks history that has been statistically so lopsided as this one. Well, yes, but they were reversed. It was the Buccaneers getting blown out, <laughs> right. uh, and, and those kind Falcon of things game? happening. Yeah, the Falcons game was one of them. There were a couple other ones. There was one was Giants the, game with Shannon the where third quarter or something. It, it was awful. not that we want to relive that. L- literally, Scott and I uh, got a text during that game where uh, somebody in the front office said they were asking for a record book at halftime because they were seriously wondering what the NFL record was for the yeah. biggest blowout, which I think it's still 73-0. Uh, and who knows if Brady plays in this game, how many more points the Buccaneers I know. do score. I mean, yeah. it and was, how many it was, yards he throws for? He was already at 348. If he right. threw oh for gosh. 
just 250 more. He defied Jameis' franchise yeah. record from last year. Is, is, yeah. is there any motivation? We jokingly said on yeah. uh, when the when the Pro Bowl rosters were announced, you know, is this going to fuel Tom Brady? Does Tom Brady even care about Pro Bowls anymore? To think Tom Brady's not a competitive person, all you have to do is look at his Twitter and him firing back at Tony Dungy. Oh, yeah. Sure. The, the, the well, God himself. I mean, he is a competitive yeah. guy. It wouldn't surprise he me if he, if he was pissed. And Gentlemen. He played it off like no big deal. I want other guys to go. But yeah, maybe that, that was, was the motivation. Perfect. Yeah. he did, yeah. Dungy did publish that or say that like three years ago, I think. But Well, he, here's so the he thing, too. When you when you look at, at what Kyler Murray today uh, did, you know, oh. one, inter, one interception. Oh, get me started um, on this. Yeah, Tom Brady totally deserved a, a, a playoff, or I should say a yeah, he's going to get a playoff berth. But a Pro Bowl berth over Kyler Murray, you know, I mean, Ky- he just, just did. It's unbelievable to me how Kyler Murray escapes criticism. And I say this as somebody who had him QB one, yeah. but I'm I'm unbiased right. when it gets to the NFL. Like I want to see, like I'm trying to be neutral here. The right. guy escapes well, criticism, like no, I mean, everybody's like one Kingsbury's to be fired. Right. Why Kyler Murray missed a ton of throws in this game? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and for the year he's got 26 touchdown passes. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns. Great, added all up is 37. Okay. Um, Tom Brady has 39. He's got 36 touchdown passes, three rushing scores. He's got more touchdowns. He's thrown for about a thousand more yards than Kyler Murray, and his team's going to the playoffs. Where Kyler Murray, you know, yeah. I mean, he might not. I, I do respect thinking. you know the fact that you have to yeah. include what Murray does with his legs too because he's absolutely magical with his legs. But yeah. I still I just think Brady's having a better seat. I'm not going to get caught right. up in it because but I mean I could have gone off on Twitter that night. I'd just let yeah. it go. But because Brady's been to a million of them, who you know he. Right. If anything, I'm glad because hopefully, like Mark said, maybe it is some motivation for him. You know, he loves proving people wrong, and so he does. And, and he's got I that think, Jordan. You know, I asked him about the Pro Bowl thing on on Thursday during the conference call, yeah. and he kind of shrugged it off. He's like, "Well, I, I'm it's fun seeing other people get it." No, I think that was a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady came out today, not just like a Pro Bowler, but like like the friggin' NFL MVP. MVP he looked like game. MVP today. Absolutely, there's no doubt. So about we got it. we got a ten dollars super chat from Buccaneer Bruce here from the parking lot of the now demolished Metcalf South Mall. That's back at my old stomping grounds in Oakland Park, Kansas, <laughs> celebrating the playoffs as loud as I want. Live it up. Now Live here's it up. the thing: we just we just had uh, uh, somebody say here. Uh, Mark G says, "What's Mark and Scott going to do to celebrate a playoff appearance? We're doing. It. We're celebrating with you, Pewter Nation. We're out here." Doing this this I'll tell you what we're going to do. Scott and I later, we're going to get together and we are going to trim our nose hairs with our <laughs> manscape. I'm going to trim his and he's nope, going to trim mine. On the air, Mark. That's crazy. No. Well, at least <laughs> yeah, it was just are? a nose hair, not the other yeah. one. We're going to lose. Yeah. We're gonna what are you talking about? We're going to talk about this later. This is the what they call the weed whacker. This is the manscaped weed whacker. Yes. We're going to get to this later when we talk about our game balls. But um, somebody says... The soul patch is a must. So here's the thing: we we're really racking up the super chats tonight. If if we get a one hundred dollars super chat tonight, I will grow a soul patch. Oh wow! Okay, I will grow a soul patch. I'm oh, not going to keep no. it for more than a couple of weeks. You gotta, but oh, if the soul patch is a must, if, if we can get, it'll take me a couple of weeks. My hair does not grow fast. Uh, but yes, I will grow a soul patch if we get a hundred dollars super chat tonight. So I'm liking my odds. That I, I, I appreciate people. the generosity of people who are throwing. The twenty dollars and the ten dollars around that's great, but uh yeah. for hundred dollars. If we I'll get, if we get a two hundred dollar super chat, yeah. I will carve their initials with my manscaper in my chest hair for the next <laughs> podcast. Okay, Live, so will, you, there will, you go. Just carve there you it go, Bucks right in there. Incredible. That actually would tempt me to do it, honestly, if I were a fan. <laughs> right. Please don't. Um, 
One of the cool things about this game, one of the cool things about this game, guys, was that it was obviously like a huge game because it clinched the playoffs and ended the 12-year drought. And it was a huge game because it got Mike Evans so close to a thousand. And that kind of leads into my point here is that I felt like the players you wanted to be like a big part of why today happened were a huge part of it. Obviously, Brady coming over, you wanted him to prove that with everything on the line, regardless of opponent, and obviously yeah. he was gonna have a good day. There was no doubt in my mind about that. Um, you know, you wanted him to carve him up, and he did. And Mike Evans, I mean, to get closer to a thousand, but also with everything on the line for the first time in his career to have 10 catches for 181 yards and two touchdowns, he was just destroying people all game long. That was what you wanted to see from him. Levante David at the strip at the beginning of the second half was flying around making tackles in the flat. You About wanted time. to see that from him. Will Golston. Yeah, I didn't know if that was splashy enough for Mark. But pretty good. That was <laughs> that was the vintage Levante that Scott and I talk about that we've yeah. missed this year because he'd only had right. one of those. There were some years when he's had five or six of those forced fumbles during the course of games. Yeah. So. yeah well, he he made the big play to start the second half and really, I mean, they already put away. Yeah. But and then Will Golson had the sack. He ran through the running back. He was kind of laughing. In his hometown, which was In great. His hometown, right? So it was just cool that those guys that you really wanted to be a big part of of what was going on today. And obviously you saw the younger guys, you know, step up and be a part of it too. Devin White played well again. That was huge. Chris Godwin made big catches in this game. But the guys that you wanted to see be a part of it, you know, Gronk included really because he even coming in, you know. Right. Gronk got a ton of criticism at the beginning of this season, guys. And it was – People bash him on the internet when they use him on those tight end screens early in the season. They're like, Gronk looks like this. Gronk looks like that. And I know he doesn't care about any of that, but – to me, I'm like, man, I keep receipts. Like, and I'm just saying, like, a lot of people look stupid for saying well, yeah. the things they said about Gronk early in the season because he is balling and he has had a great season. Seven touchdowns. Well, Think about his contested catches this season. Oh, I know, guys, John, listen, it, it took him a while to get that rapport with Tom Brady, right? New quarterback, um, <laughs> came out of retirement. He's got to honestly kind of did though. Got to learn Tom Brady a little bit, and Brady's got to learn him. You know, but, but let's it, go back to Mike Evans. Is, real- I do think chemistry early on was a was something that had to grow. I think it was more within the offense, but yeah. yeah. But but let's go back to Mike Evans real quick and something that I've been preaching and, and you guys have been beating me up on pretty regular about Tom Brady's not going to force the ball to Mike Evans. He forced the ball to Mike Evans. It was a concerted effort to get this guy as close to those 200 yards or 221, whatever he needed to get to 1,000. Um, and it helped that and nobody saw what happened. Well, that, that helps too. There's no doubt about it, but, but Mike Evans is, 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 I'm still think he's the catalyst on this offense. I love Chris Godwin, what he does, but Mike Evans has just been doing it for seven years now. And I think you can't go wrong trying to focus on getting him the football. I understand you've got other options, but you saw today when they tried to, um, you know, make sure that he got the ball in his hands. They were able to do that, and 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 it propelled them to to a huge first half. Mike, Mike is my favorite, and again, we we're not allowed to really play favorites. But if I had to pick a favorite guy on the team now, it was without question. It's it's Mike Evans. I just I wow. like the Mike guy Evans for as you, a football Daniel player. Barner for Scott. Yeah, definitely Barnier for Scott. Sure. No, <laughs> no. He was no. on my disappointment. Daniel Barnard had that the yet. Pewter Report group chat oh beside itself in a 34 to nothing game. Awful. And I get he's it. Absolutely awful as a return guy. Just he's, he's, has he made today. anyone miss awful. this year? No. Has he made anyone? And no, why, he hasn't. And, and why on Almost kickoffs? there was Tyrell Grayson for me at this point. Ooh, almost. Wow. There. He's, yes. he's, he's gaining ground on Cyril Grayson. True, Brian. Why, why is he jogging on kickoffs? I, that very first opening kickoff, he gets the ball. And I'm like, just run as fast as you get as close yeah. to the 25 as you can. He gets cut right. down at the 18. 
I know. I'm I, okay I with that. The whole, goal. Else the whole goal good. is to get to the 25 yard line. Get exactly. to the 25. That's it. Otherwise, otherwise, you're dumb for bringing it out. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I'm okay with somebody who doesn't fumble. I don't think Barnes fumble. I'm okay if that's like your best option. That's your best option. Whatever. Just don't fumble, and hopefully, you run a little bit faster. But like. Antonio Brown is on this team. Like he has I like know. five Scotty Miller. Scotty, Scotty Miller can do it. Where's Jaden Mickens? Isn't he still around on the practice squad? Yeah. I mean, like he was doing great this year. He was doing fine. Like bring him. But I just don't understand when there's so many better options at a position that typically teams only have like <laughs> one guy. Like that, that's really a good option. He's like their fourth best option, right. and they're still and, and, just, and, and, and Adam Humphreys will be Brown, back next year. Yeah. yeah. Or do you remember when Tim Brown was the punt returner for Gruden? He came back. Oh my god. Oh my god. All that guy did it was, was almost as bad as I killed it. It was I think yeah. Gruden what only Brown? it just catch the ball. That's all he cared about. Yeah. Don't fumble the ball. We don't care if you average two point three yards per return. Just catch the damn ball. I have always yeah. and again, I grew up in a time and it's different with special teams, but I grew up in a time we saw the Devin Hesters of the world and 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 these specialists who were there to return kicks and change the game. Yeah. Coaches talk about special teams. You know, that's one-third of the game. Um, we saw today, fortunately, they were playing the Lions because the special teams were just dreadful for the Buccaneers. Oh, my god! From gosh. the kickoff returns, punt returns, and um, yeah. obviously giving up a long 74-yard uh, um, punt return. That, that's got to tighten up. Keith Armstrong's yeah. got to get his boys – get his boys tightened yeah, up for sure special teams for sure. was, was the big disappointment uh in this game i think um you know it's the takeaway the but it's almost good you have something you got to go and focus on and, and and practice and you know i think that there's some of that anyway you know there's still some pressures that are getting you know, lions i'll say this for them they just pulled out some crazy stuff because they were going to take chances and when you haven't seen it it was that unpredictability part predictability part of this matchup that was tricky early in the game there were some pressures that were just wild and it was catching them by surprise a little bit, I think. And they made some plays anyway. And then they had the one drive that didn't work and like the whole game <laughs> that didn't work, um, right. you know, because of that. I think they got to, into Lions territory and had it But I'm surprised down, the so. Lions didn't get more uh, exotic and aggressive because, again, they had nothing to lose. They had a brand new defensive the, I thought the same thing. They don't Why have the personnel, just, though. But, I mean, you know, you're losing 40 to zero players. at one point. It doesn't matter. Just send well, the, I would have sent everybody. And at well, that point, listen. I'm – I, I, I appreciate the Lions wanting to establish the run with down 34 nothing, right? <laughs> I, mean, I think was, they just really wanted to get the ball back to Mike Evans for, for the record. Big I think Mike so. Evans fans over there. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and speaking of Mike Evans, wide open. Speaking of Mike Evans, how about 13 touchdowns for number 13, right? Breaking his own franchise record, right? 12 touchdowns as a rookie in 2014 when he came onto the scene as a first round draft pick. Still to this day, Jason White's be- Jason Light's best first round draft pick and yeah. then tied that yeah. 12 touchdown uh receiving mark in 2016 which was his first pro bowl year so mike evans having a, a hell of a year hasn't really put up the number of catches and mm-hmm. yards that he has in years past but uh, we all feel pretty good right he's going to get the thousand yards come sunday against atlanta i feel pretty good about it i think there'll yeah. be a concerted effort on atlanta's part probably <clears throat> to to not get him uh that mark did you guys know that mike evans has 67 catches this year and he had 67 last year yeah he only played 13 games last year though. he only played 13 games yeah. last year this year he yeah. played 15. well 15 now yeah. and if you got the chicago game which he did have a couple catches in that game i think but um so he's working his way kind of back into that you know and obviously less targets than he had all of last season and, and 13, you know, he still has less targets than he had all of last season. And so, yeah, those numbers are kind of 
working their way back up and probably would have been close to where he would have been if he'd played 16 last year, but on way less targets. So again, the efficiency of the offense continues to be a huge talking point. Haas Y Duke with a great question. How confident do you guys feel that the Bucs will continue using as much play action and early down passing in future weeks once Rojo is back as we've seen the last two weeks? It's really an interesting question. I was really excited that Arians addressed it straight up on the podcast, on the uh, pressers today. He literally said, one of the big things is we're being more aggressive. We're going after people. Uh, we're coming yeah. out and we're attacking. That's huge. You have mm-hmm. to throw the ball on first down. The Bucks' whole offensive efficiency has changed when they're throwing the ball on first down. You were getting into second big and manageable, time. and teams don't know how to defend you. It is much, much harder for them. So you have easier reads. You have more options in the passing game. You also can run the ball in those situations, and then right. you start keeping people off balance. And so when he said that, and he talked about then the mix that they've been able to do off of that and the fact that they've been able to avoid third downs altogether. That was one of the huge keys in this game. I think in the first three dives, the Bucs had one third down that they had to convert in the first three drives. And I think in the whole first half, they only had like two. I mean, it was crazy. They just hardly ever were in third down. I think and they that had really three. Was- I think there was a graphic where they were – no, you're right. They were two because there was a graphic that they were one for two on third down. And I was thinking, yeah. well, how did they have so many points? And then I realized they were converting on first down, right. second down. They didn't, <laughs> right. they didn't get to third down very often. Yeah, and that's been a huge key, honestly, because if you can, the Bucks were at, at a couple weeks ago. I think at the round the bye, the Bucks were leading the NFL in third down attempts. Now that number is significantly down. Just over a couple weeks, they've they brought that number right. significantly down. I have to check and see what it is after this week, but they aren't leading the league in that category. When you always rely on third, and they were a good third down team. They were a top six, seven, five, six, seven third down team by uh, pretty much every single mark. But when you consistently put yourself in those situations, it it it's it's uh, kind of shrinks the window to be successful in because you only have you can only convert so many of those. Even a good rate is only like 50%. You know what I mean? Like some of these top rates in the league like is 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 only going to get you where you want to go about half the time. So you have to basically find ways to be successful outside of third down. And for most of the season, the Bucks weren't doing that. Now they're attacking early. They're running more on optimal downs. There's still some, you know, they're still not getting anything on first down runs for the most part when they do it, um, which is, again, concerning. Uh, But I think that if they can continue to do that and continue to do what Hoswai Duke's talking about and and go play action on early downs, even when it doesn't always necessarily work, um, you know, I think that they're going to set themselves up to be more successful in the games that really count. What are the the media going to ask this week? I mean, the last three weeks or five weeks, all we've heard about is how bad they were in the slow starts. Thank yeah. God we're not going to have to hear that question. I, I don't. I don't feel any different about calls. that one, to be honest. Like I, to me, that was this wasn't the game to. I'm not ready to throw out those concerns with their starts based on who they played today. Yeah, you know, I know it, they it was the line. Business, right. Oh yeah, I mean they were missing six starters on defense and almost yeah. all their defensive coaches. Like right. if they didn't come out and kill them today, like it would have been a train wreck. But I'm just I want to see what happens in the next couple games to see how they come out, you know, and even against Atlanta, it'll be good. It'll be moving in the right, like today was right. good. It's moving in the right direction. I'm not totally convinced that it's, I don't know what the point is of that. You know, he's not going to say anything. And I don't know what the point is of asking about it, but I'm not totally ready to say like this team, they come out against, you know, Washington or whatever in the first round of the playoffs. I think they're going to light up the first quarter. I think it's still something you have to be really aware of, but Again, it's about scripting those early plays, and they didn't have any points in the first half against Atlanta, and they had their best opening script I thought of any game this season right. that I've seen. Really, like speaking of opening scripts, like today, John, it was interesting because Jason Pierre-Paul didn't get a sack. He actually whiffed a couple of times. 
should have had a sack. Uh, Will Golston got got a credit, got a full credit for the sack that he and Jason Pierre-Paul kind of teamed up on, but really Will had him first. I think Will and, did have him first, but the NFL yeah. could go back and change that. They we'll could, they could. Jason Pierre-Paul at nine and a half sacks right now. Devin White closing fast with nine sacks, surpassing Shaq Barrett, who again did not have a sack. He's stuck at eight, but the two guys really kind of went off script today. Were Anthony Nelson, John, got his first career sack, and so did Jeremiah Ledbetter. Yes, and Herb Miller got his first pick. I mean, it was kind of a fun game in all facets, right? The guys who you really yeah. wanted to contribute to and that have contributed to building the Bucks into what they are, contributed and had great games. Young guys that, you know, we've been, you know, especially you guys have been, and Taylor and Matt have been following for forever and, and talking to the locker room. They got, you know, we got Pat O'Connor and Jeremiah Ledbetter and, uh, and, uh, Anthony Nelson with their first career sacks in the last three weeks. And so that's fun for those guys. Herb Miller or Herb Miller making a play, a great play on the ball in zone yeah, coverage. What a great play that was. I mean, we haven't seen that kind of play from anybody but Carlton and, and a little bit of Dean this season for the Bucks in zone coverage. I was super impressed with that play by Herb Miller. And so it was just fun. I just kind like of, I just like that his name's Herb. I mean, yeah, and he's, and he's like you don't hear anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I my dad probably is friends with some guys right. named Herb, but my dad's 72. The last Herb I remember, I think, was uh, on WKRP in Cincinnati, right, Scott? Wasn't there <laughs> a Herb, like that, yeah. a Herb Herb's, in, in that show? Herb's one of those those uh, <laughs> names like like my grandfather's names, Vernon and Claude, you know? Yeah. Like yes. old-time names. Like I've got yes. an Uncle Vernon, yeah. Yeah, and yep. Lester. There's no Lester. A good, uh, a good point here by Buck9755. That was a legit yeah. good pass rush by Nelson on the coverage sack. It was. And that yep. was the guy that, for a lot of the game, how Vitae, I mean, Shaq Barrett wasn't having the easiest time with them. There were a couple times he right. maybe won the edge and made the quarterback step up, but wasn't really a dominant game by Shaq Barrett. I really thought if he could get one in this game that he'd put himself in position to get to 10. I, I honestly thought he would kind of dominate the last two games, uh, and he hasn't. And so – you know, I, I don't know, two sacks to go, and Devin White's one away, and Pierre Paul right. is half a sack away, and Shaq could be the guy that doesn't get it. How many people would have bet on that yeah, after last season? Sure. Well, actually, I thought Jason Pierre Paul would uh, out-sack Shaq this year and be oh. the Bucks' leading sacker. But I'll tell you what, after, after what I've seen from Devin White, who had three sacks against the Falcons, I could see him grab two more this Sunday against the, the Falcons in the season finale. Yeah. End up with 11. I can see it coming. Yeah, Devin White perfectly set up. I know Bucks fans have been looking for that article uh, on the Todd Bowles defensive game plan wrinkle that I have coming. Well, Devin White set it up perfectly with his game today. Bunch of pressures. Uh, he's going to be kind of the key to that, but that is going to come out this week. I know I promised it. Ran into a Christmas emergency situation <laughs> here where we had a, to build a clubhouse for the kids. And let me tell y'all, I thought this was going to take a short amount of time. And I'm not taking till 1.30 in the morning. And I know y'all are laughing because you've been there before. My kids are just four and one. So. When were you building this, John? That we were building this on Christmas Eve, but we couldn't build it before because the kids would have seen it. So it was right, kind of it, like, wasn't it raining? Christmas no, we were, we were building it in the garage. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it was raining that uh, night, but we were building it in the garage. Yeah, so okay. so my wife and I were building it till. So I was supposed to write it that night because uh, we had all that content Christmas Eve. So I didn't write it right. before then, and then uh, it uh, had to take the backseat to Christmas, as many things do. But that article will be coming this week. And I was about a creative wrinkle uh, for the yeah over at peterport.com. You can check out a creative wrinkle defensive package that I want Todd Bowles to pull out, and I think it was set up perfectly by today's game. But yeah, the Bucks getting some pass rush help from guys 
that you know aren't big names. I know the Lions were banged up on the offensive line, but that was still pretty. I mean, their yeah. unit has played. You know, they even some of their backups have played really well this season. Um, and so I, I, you know, I think it was a really good sign that they were able to still get pressure without leaning on Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul in this game. All right, Mark and John, I want to ask you, since we're talking about the defense here, Sean Murphy Bunting didn't get exposed today, but I think that was largely in part due to the fact that Chase Daniels and David Blau were in a quarterback rather than Matthew Stafford, and there was no Kenny Galladay, and, and the Lions just don't mm-hmm. really have anybody that, that can threaten you. So let me ask you this. Ross Cockrell has played some damn good football. I thought he played really well today. Uh, playing as the nickel corner with SMB and Jamel Dean playing outside in place of the injured Carlton Davis. If Carlton Davis is able to come back against the Falcons, do you yes, play Russ Cockrell at yes. nickel corner yes. over SMB? Yes. 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 Right? You do. Don't yeah. I do, but they're not going to. They're not going no. to, yeah, but they need to. Especially I after this that. game. If SMB got lit up today, then maybe. Yeah. Which, by the way, how does SMB not make a play on the ball in that last play of the half? I know. I mean, that thing is a wounded dog. It's there. Yeah. Pick six <laughs> the ball and, and – I mean, he let himself get boxed out at the catch point. I mean, he just cannot make plays on the ball. Outside of everything else with the technique and the tackling yep. and the bad eyes, you know, just – He, he made, made one on hell ball. of a tackle today on, on, a, on, a, on a quick – He did. Uh, he, did. He, he, will, he will flash in that way for sure. Yeah. I mean, he did first couple weeks of the season too you know but man it is i mean i just can't believe how hard it is for him to make a play on the ball just no natural feel when that ball's coming in at all so well guys listen we're gonna have another podcast tomorrow right because or no we're gonna have one tomorrow no we're gonna have one on monday we'll we'll stick with 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 the the current uh uh schedule right so we'll have one on monday throws us off a little bit this is a saturday game it is so if you're looking if you're looking for the mailbag tomorrow don't because that's our monday mailbag we call it monday mailbag because it comes out on Monday. So we're going to have – Bruce Aaron's is going to have a, a, a Zoom call tomorrow. So we'll have some stories up on pewterreport.com plus our post-game coverage. we got most impressive, most disappointing up. we got uh, John's Game Changer, my two-point conversions up. So plenty of Bucks post-game coverage to read. We'll have some stories up from Arian's presser tomorrow. Then on Monday, we'll have the Monday mailbag uh, in the morning. And then at 4 o'clock, We'll be back with uh, with the next edition of the Pewter Report podcast, and you can watch it here on YouTube by going to our Pewter Report TV channel, clicking uh, subscribe, and then hitting notifications. And whenever we go live, you'll get that notification on your phone or your, your desktop. So 4 o'clock for that because we have another holiday week coming up with New Year's. So we're going to have our Pewter Report podcast on Monday. And also Wednesday, that'll be our preview podcast. And then we're off for New Year's Eve. But then we'll be back Sunday at 7.30 for our post-game podcast after Bucks-Falcons. Hopefully the mm-hmm. Bucks will be 11-5. and five. Hopefully Mike Evans will have 1,000 yards. And we'll hopefully, know who the Bucks will be playing in the playoffs. That by, Hopefully by that we'll know time. who the Bucks will be playing. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully Ronald Jones, who just needs 100 yards, will get that uh, to, to hit 1,000 yards on the season. So... Uh, a big week coming up. Stay tuned to PeterReport.com and the Peter Report podcast for that. Uh, we appreciate everybody for their super chats. John, Mark, uh, I think it's time for uh, our Game Balls. Sponsored balls. by our good friends at Manscaped. So listen, uh, fellas, 2020 sucked, right? It just did. Unless you're a Bucks fan, unless you're the right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes. then it's been pretty awesome. But it's almost time for the New Year's, and that means that, you know, New Balls, and their sponsor, Manscaped. I mean, Manscaped yeah. is, is the best in men's below 
the waste grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of their, of their hair on their balls. The great thing is, is this product right here, Tim, I'm just going to mention this. This is the weed whacker Mark was talking about. Okay, it comes in this fantastic case right here. Come on, Mark. Welcome Jeez, to, the, to the Manscaped movement, okay? You can also do really your, ear, your hair, as, as Mark is demonstrating as well. But this is a fantastic product. Keep this in mind. But what I'm going to tell you about tonight is this baby right here, the Weed Whacker 3.0. Now, this little beauty right here comes with a light, and that's super important when you're down there. So if you let yourself go in 2020 while you're in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021 at Manscaped. They're going to give you that fresh start in 2021 with the perfect package 3.0 that includes this guy right here. And it has all the right tools for the job. So come out of quarantine with some clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0, which is what this little beauty is. It's waterproof and it's got a skin safe trimmer. It's going to help reduce nicks to your two best friends. This is the third generation trimmer. And it even has this all important light that I just mentioned right here, right? Turns on when you, when you turn it on. And it gives you all the load that you're going to need to get the job done in 2021. It's time to freshen up down there for the new year. Okay. So, freshen it up. And, and not just this right here, fellas. We're talking about the stuff that comes in this, which is what they call oh yes, the shed, right? This is the travel case where you can keep all your Manscaped products. But this right here, this is the crop preserver, gentlemen. It's about time to freshen up down there for the new year, is it not? It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, do you not? Why are you not putting some deodorant down there in what can be the smelliest part of your body? And for the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray, which is this little bad boy right here. What I, like, what I like about that, Scott, is is I can go like a week without a bath. I'll just revive the balls. No. And I'm fine. No? You could works. do that. Not recommended, no. but you could oh, do that. I thought that's well, what it was for. 2020 was was awful. Again, unless you're a Buccaneer fan. you know. But but still, there's a lot of awful things, right? COVID-19 has been pretty awful. But just make sure that your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings yes. in 2021. And like we talked about, Manscaped even <laughs> threw in this right here, which is the shed. All right, it's the travel bag oh, to yeah. keep all your goodies you stored that. comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included. And and am Heavenly. I am I, am I lying when I say that there's some of the most comfortable Heavenly. boxers, guys? They Heavenly. are. I wear I wear them as a do rag. Sometimes they're so nice. They're so comfortable. You can do that. Put them on my head. Yeah. yeah. You can covering. do that. Uh, guys, you wear them with, as a mask. Sometimes yeah, guys who carry to, balls is like 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code pewter on manscaped.com. That's promo code pewter manscaped for 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. So if you didn't get what you wanted for, for Christmas or the holiday season, right? All you got to do is go on manscaped.com, enter the promo code pewter, save 20% and get free shipping, whether it's for the weed whacker or whether it's mm -hmm. for the lawnmower 3.0 and, and all the, the goodies we just talked about. So 20% yeah. off, Free shipping, promo code Pewter on Manscaped, and Happy New Year's to you and your balls. Absolutely. We got a good question during that little segment. Prediction, who do the Bucks face in the playoffs? And a $5 super chat from Animal. Thank you, Animal. Thank you, thank Animal. You, thank you. Uh, Washington, that's who they're going to face, right? Yeah. That's who I, I think, think they win next week, and I think that they face 
Washington. By I the way, not as important too. as some of the other notable records and things uh, to come from today. But your boy is fourteen and one picking That's box right. teams, and I have a chance really to finish at fifteen and one next week. Yes. So I'm not actually not going to give my prediction. What was the you're one like, game? What was the one game you missed? The, the Bears, Bears game, game was the one I missed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You're, you're they, like if the, they just freaking called that Shaq Barrett that penalty, they right. didn't call it on Shaq Barrett. <laughs> John, you're like the Patrick Mahomes of the Pewter Report staff. You've only had one loss this year. But it's also Pretty terrifying, good. Scott, because I'm a big believer. I, you know I'm a, I'm, a big, I'm a believer to a degree in, like, the analytics stuff, and I'm a degree yeah. more than anything in, like, the law of averages, right? So at some point there is a regression to the mean, and I can't get any more <laughs> games right. And I hope that so, that so when the playoffs come, that's a ton of pressure to right. try and figure out how exactly – because so anyway – Yes, I'm a little yeah. bit worried about it. Well, so that's, that's a great stat, John. Here's some more great stats for you. The Buccaneers are 8-0 against teams with losing records, right? Mm-hmm. They could be 9-0 with the win over the Falcons yep. next week. And if they play, say, uh, a 7-9 Washington team or 7-9 Cowboys or 7-9 uh, Giants team, whoever wins that NFC least division, and if the Buccaneers do get that fifth seed, they could be playing a team with a losing record in the playoffs, John. And I don't care that it's on the road because this team is 6-2 and two on the road. That's the best road record mm-hmm. in franchise history, tying the 6-2 and two mark that happened in 2002 when the Bucs won the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, there's no real advantage for other teams on the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Without fans and stuff, I mean, it negates yep, it. it. It's time for our game ball. So let's, let's, go, uh, let's go around there. Should I start this week? Yeah, you can start yeah, this week. Absolutely, yeah. this week. All right, all right. So uh, my game ball on defense, because I start with defense, right? I'm a defensive-minded guy. Let's go into Devin White, all right? I like the fact this guy's got four sacks in the last two weeks, including one today against the Lions. Ten tackles. This guy has just racked up tackles galore. How many tackles has he racked up, guys? He's up to 140 tackles for the year. Yeah, they were good tackles today, too. Good yes. tackles. All solo tackles, not not even one assist. He was flying up, tackling guys in the line of scrimmage. It was good. John, Mark, I know you guys love Levante David. I do, too. The most tackles Levante David, as great as he is, has ever had in one season was back in 2015. He had 147. Levante David went three straight years with 145 tackles or more. Had 145 in 2013, 146 in 2014, 147 career high in 2015. With eight tackles on Sunday against the Falcons, Devin White has 148 tackles, which is more than Levante Davids had in any other year. Kind of kind of amazing to think about. But I think Devin White, I think that he can he can really get to the point where he can become a Pro Bowler next year if he continues to get after the quarterback and really improves his coverage. Um, oh, offense. look at this. Oh, my goodness. Lap Gonzalez. This means you have to get wow. half a soul patch, Scott. I and can't Mark, grow you half have to shave patch. half of it into your chest hair. That's what I think this means. $49.99. That's fantastic. Wow. Well, the, the, wow, what a move. The, the bet was, five, was, was, uh, was $100. That's right. Mine. I think, this means, I think this means you have to do it anyway because last you know so the, the, the total amount, Scott. I think <laughs> that's we're right, totally not adding up. Yeah, yeah not I think we add them up. up. We're we're at a hundred dollars. No. Nope, it's not adding up. Full patch so, for the draft, you know. <laughs> right. So 
My offensive um, MVP, I know Tom Brady's the easy one. I'm going to go with Mike Evans. I, I agree with Mark. I mean, he's just a stand-up oh, guy. We've known this guy from 2014. Uh, what, what I liked about it was was the, the two touchdowns. Why? Because it gets into 13 touchdowns. I thought that was really cool for him to break that record. This week, the 1,000-yard record is coming next week. Uh, Mark, who do you got for your offense and defensive game balls? I'm going to start offense, and I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy for that great uh, blitz pickup. Uh, they got Tom Brady murdered. Just kidding. No, I'm going to go Mike Evans as well. I mean, Tom Brady is just too easy of a choice. I mean, he played excellent, but we expect that. But Mike Evans, you know, this is the game he really needed. I think he needed. Uh, I think confidence-wise, it's, it's huge for him. It's huge for the offense. I think it's also huge for Tom Brady to know I got to look for number 13. I got to look yeah. for number 13 because he really is a catalyst that can really get this offense going. 10 um, catches, 181 yards. Yeah. And, and then and there was a pass interference. He drew that one. I know those yards don't get added Double. on, but, uh, you know, the, those those count too, you know what I mean, at the end of the day because it puts the Bucks in better position and they go on to score on those drives. So uh, I really like um, I really I really like Mike Evans as, as my guy on the offensive side. Defensively, I'm going to go with my man, Will Golston, and uh, I love guys that go back to their hometown and play well. Will Golston yeah. is uh, is another really, really good guy, you know. And he's a guy, Scott, that a couple of years ago we were trying to get rid of. Um, you know, wasn't really matching his salary as far as production goes. But since Todd Bowles has been here, he's found oh, the perfect defense for what Will Golston does well. And he's just been a, a dependable guy, a strong guy, and a guy that really anchors that defensive line. Uh, I, I love Will Golston and to be able to get a sack in his hometown like he yeah. did last year as well. Um, he's petitioning the league to play all of the games in, <laughs> in Detroit. And, uh, and he would be a pro bowler next year. But uh, but uh, yeah. but I'm going to go Mike Evans and, and Will Golston as my two guys. And you know what? Here's the thing with Will Golston, uh, not known as a pass rusher. This was his third sack of the season, which ties his, his personal best for three, right. which is his career high. He got that for the first time in 2015, mm -hmm. had three sacks again in 2016. So a couple years later, 2020, still going strong, three sacks for Will Golston and really one of the catalysts up front for that tough uh, top-ranked or near-top-ranked Bucks rushing defense. Will Golston, uh, 2013 draft pick, just a year uh, after Levante. So he is one of those old guys, he and Levante and Mike Evans, that have not been to the playoffs and have toiled through many a coaching change. So really happy to see uh, Levante and Will and Mike um, make the the playoffs because they, they deserve and, and, it. John, and hats you, off to Mark Dominic yeah. for uh, he had a, you know he had a couple good uh, you know he brought in Levante David certainly yeah. Doug Martin had Doug a productive Martin, career Gerald McCoy Gerald McCoy and of course um, you know signing Vincent Jackson and things like that and and and, and Will Golston uh, him and Akeem Spencer drafted in the same year Akeem back playing in the NFL I think he's with the Patriots right now he got signed midway yep. through the season so two guys from that 2013 class still in the NFL so. We beat up Mark Darman, Mark Dominic a lot, but we'll give him a little bit of credit too. Yeah, appreciate Buck ninety seven fifty five with the ten dollars super chat. Uh, a couple closing comments for me. I'm really thankful that we got through this whole podcast without anybody bringing up the Donovan Smith penalty that took off the board a touchdown for Chris Godwin and kept him from getting his first one hundred yard game of the season. Chris Godwin has had like. 79 to 99 yards like six times yeah. but he can't get to 100 um and so yeah but uh i think that for this game a lot of people might think that you would go with tom brady for a game ball because he played out of his mind unbelievable and 
forgotten play, the fourth and four conversion, right, where he gets away from pressure, gets outside the pocket, makes Scrambling throws a out. I mean, that's twice in two weeks, fellas out of structure, making huge throws in clutch moments near the red area. So he's balling right now, but I'm not going to go Tom Brady, even though anybody could. Chris Godwin, one-handed touchdown catch, uh, was unbelievable catch that just kind of got forgotten and everything else that happened in this game, one of the catches of the year. But I'm not going to go with him either because today's game ball is going to Leonard Fournette, ladies Whoa. and gentlemen, because Whoa. he made someone miss in the open field, <laughs> and he did it twice on back-to-back plays. Leonard! Yes! Leonard, you did it! Leonard gets the game ball. I love oh it. Oh my gosh. You know what, John? He also gets on Twitter he, and hugs on me. He also scored his touchdown running forward, not running backing forward. into the end zone. That's, that's another big thing that I was proud of with Leonard today. The, he actually hit that hole at full speed. And look what happens, Leonard. You score a touchdown. You can actually see yourself scoring instead of your back and your and your Didn't ass fumble. end scoring. Didn't drop a pass, scored running forward instead of backward. <laughs> Average 3.8 yards per carry, which for him is great. And somehow made people miss averaged over 10 yards per catch today. Three catches for 32 yards. Fournette underused by Jacksonville. Never threw to him, this guy says. Please get – no, no. He gets 76 catches last year. It was the worst thing they ever did throwing to him. But anyway, Leonard, game ball. Absolutely awesome performance for him. Defensively, I feel like I I have – I mean – because it's on brand and also because he deserves to have a game ball from us. I mean, Levante David needs to be with, with you guys mentioned in Devin White and Will Golson. I just feel like we have to mention yeah. Levante David. You could go a ton of different He's the OG. He's the yeah, best. He's, 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 exactly right. he's, he's the OG. He's we talked about it before the game. He's a, yeah, top, top 10 pl- defensive player in franchise history and a defense that's had unbelievable players. And so, I mean, he's, he's a great player. And today it was cool after the game to talk to him and, Mm-hmm. I felt like Mike Evans played it cool. Will Golson was yeah. pretty was pretty excited, but Levante was definitely giddy. And yeah, then I saw hyped. a video from Bucks PR about him coming off the field, and I just think he's happy, and you should be happy. You know, it's not the end game, yeah, but like tonight, you celebrate and, and be excited. And same for yeah. Bucks fans, it's not the end game. This team has a lot more in mind, starting with a win next week, which will cover uh, in full uh, over the over the next week uh, before the Falcons game in Week 17. Right. But the playoffs are coming, and it's sweet. We would be remiss. We had a, a couple of posters here, G Vegas and Hoswai Juke. Uh, br- bring up a, a very good fact. We've beaten him up plenty. Byron Lefwich has been awesome for the last two weeks. I think he's yep. called some really good games. Not not so much the first half of last week, but the second half for sure in this entire I, game. Yeah, I love these calls finish, even you know? last week. I mean, I, yeah. I did. I just think the execution wasn't there. And when it's there, you know, the biggest problem this season has been the design, not the actual play going. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple head scratchers for every team, but. Right. I you mean, think you mean like when he ran a draw with Leonard Fournette in the game today? Yeah, like that play yeah. maybe throw things. I mean, it really did. Yeah. I mean, second and 17, you're just waiting. You know. the world. Yeah, I just don't know what Leonard Fournette report group chat for sure. We were talking about that one. Please, yeah. by the way, Mark, please address him this week as game ball winner Leonard Fournette. Oh, wow. Okay. That's how right, you can't call him game ball winner Mr. Leonard Fournette if you would like. <laughs> okay. There you go. Show some respect. No, well, guys, we, respect. we certainly respect all of you. Buck fans out there in Pewter Nation, uh, your Buccaneers are playoff bound. It's been a long time coming. We're glad the narrative has changed for you guys because you guys are the ones who who go to pewterreport.com, read the stories, watch the Buccaneer games, listen to us on WDA, listen to us or, and watch us on News Channel 8, our, our partners in the media. Um, and we just greatly appreciate your support. 
So happy for you guys and for this team. What you guys don't get to see is, and we haven't really seen much this year because of all these Zoom calls. Usually we're in the locker room, but but you see the bruises when these guys, you know, are, are getting undressed after practice. You see the cuts, the scrapes, the the blood, sweat, and tears that this team, win or lose, has put on the line every Sunday for you know since since two thousand seven. I mean, it, it, they have tried to make the playoffs. They tried to win, and it, it, we've had some really lean years that two and 14 year under lovey smith was was uh was probably the biggest stinker of them all yeah. but um really excited for you guys uh that that the narrative has changed we're excited to write about a playoff team for the first time in, in over a decade and um and so uh for for john and for mark and myself and everybody at peter report uh certainly appreciate you tuning in tonight and we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the pewter report podcast Ow. Ow.